Welcome back, everybody. I know it's been a little while since we've had a conversation on this show, but I did want to come in uh, and bring you guys another episode. But I I would be remiss if I didn't start this episode by um, just paying tribute to a couple of lives lost the day after we celebrated the national championship, um, that being Chandler LaCroix. Uh, part of the recruiting team that we have at Georgia, as well as offensive lineman Devin Willick. So uh, just wanted to start the show off, unfortunately, on a sad note um, and and just continued prayers out for their family uh, and, and obviously mourning the loss of not only a great football player but a great recruiting uh, personnel as well that's for the University of Georgia. Such a sad situation, lost way too soon way too early in life so I wanted to start with this just as uh, uh, again just paying tribute to the two of them and unfortunate timing uh, for for losing their lives early on early much much too early in life so I want to start with that and then we'll get to the show where we're going to review uh, we're going to review the 2022 season with Hunter. So immediately following this, we'll we'll review that and that'll be the show. So I really appreciate you guys being here um, and we will check in here in just a bit. Here with Hunter for what seems like what is this the third time, fourth time? That we third. Can, I think this is the third time getting to talk about Georgia and getting to talk about college football, and it's a good time to talk about it. This is one we were kind of waiting on. You know, we we've, we've been talking for the past really couple of months. Oh, we need to do another one, especially at the end of the season. Uh, but I think we waited. I think we waited the right amount of time after Georgia wins a second national championship back to back for the first time in college football playoff era. But also, you go from 1980, let's wait, what, 41 years and win one, and then why not just wait 364 days later and do it again <laughs> instead of 40-plus 40, right? 40 years. Wild. Yeah, unbelievable. So there's a lot to talk about. There's winning that. There's some tragedy that's happened. There's a lot of attrition that's going on right now with a lot of guys who are leaving, mm-hmm. and we're trying to figure out, are we still going to have the same offensive coordinator, or is he going to leave? I don't know. There's a lot to come, but let's talk first of all about just the regular season by itself before we get to the SEC championship game, before we get to the college football playoff and everything. Georgia had a few games throughout the season that we didn't necessarily look like the number one team in the country, but I've said this for a couple of weeks. In those games that we played Missouri, 
Kent State, even though that game was not necessarily out of hand, those games to me is what made what happened in the college football playoffs, it made the difference. Because I don't think if we were losing to Missouri for Mm -hmm. three and a half quarters of of that game, I don't know that we beat Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Facing the battle that you did of, of losing a game the entire time very well, should have lost the football game and there's a couple other ones that were much closer that we could have done the same thing with but battling through that and winning throughout the 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 regular season you know there were there were still times where people said georgia ah, they they look like the number one team in the country and then tennessee comes roaring in and everybody's like no tennessee is definitely the top georgia shuts that mouth and then we just keep chugging along throughout the season just regular season-wise, how did you feel about Georgia and their chances to not only get back to the college football playoff, but also to win the SEC and to win another national championship? Um, I didn't. I didn't know about uh, national championship. I mean, I, I would say I was always hopeful. Yeah. SEC. I felt like we would we would be in the mix. It would come down to the Tennessee game. Yeah, on the east clear, side yeah, yeah, of who is going to represent the East. It was going to come down to that game. Um, and I agree with you about Missouri and Kent State, some of these games that we kind of stubbed our toe. You know, I always remember it was the commentary was, you know, these really good football teams that would win a championship. They would have a game, maybe two, but really at least one where on paper a lesser opponent would, you know, play lights out mm. and they would have to really struggle and they, they might squeak out a win and, and people would go, well, that's a sign of a championship team. They did, A, they didn't quit. They took the very best shot from a quote-unquote lesser opponent and they pulled off the win. Um and that's the way I looked at Missouri. Missouri was ready. I mean, and good for them, you know. I mean, it wasn't fun to. No, that was <laughs> what, what, that was probably what? the most miserable game. I mean, it had to be throughout the season. The the once you get to college football playoff, that's, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. But when it came, it wasn't necessarily fun watching Kent State score against us either, because mm-hmm. they were even less. At least Missouri was SEC. Granted, there. Mm-hmm. You know, they're especially by the end of the season, not that great of a football team. But like you said, you have a target on your back every week when they're not only the number one team in the country, you're a defending national champion from last year. Mm-hmm. You have all of these players who are supposed to be top notch, and you have a team, like I said, in Missouri who shouldn't be on the field with you, but they are. Yeah. And they were. And like you said, Champions, and I said this earlier in the season, champions find a way to win. Yeah. If they don't, and it's funny, it's funny, Georgia fans, we have such a hard history, especially throughout like the, the Mark Richt era. There was always one football game in a season you could just go ahead and chalk it. You don't know who it's going to be. Is it South Carolina? Is it Vanderbilt? Is it Missouri? That somehow slips up and bites you. And that happened for years and years and years. And this year, after last year, we were like, all right, that's over and done with. And then we get in the Missouri game, and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. maybe it's not. Because mm-hmm. that was that was one, I mean, like I said, that was, it was 
not fun to watch from a Georgia standpoint. If you're a Missouri fan, I mean, it had to be you had to be on top of the world. We took the number one team in the country. We put them on the ropes for the entire match, you know. And then, you know, last round here they come with the with the KO. Yeah, out of nowhere. Well, I I know you're talking about the season. To me, it's um, thinking back, watching the very first game against Oregon. Oh, yeah. You know, yes, they scored on what seven straight possessions and broke a record or tied the record with Ohio State, ironically, or whatever that was. And I remember communicating with a buddy of mine that went to Georgia and just through text, and I mean, both of us were like, "What? What was that?" Yeah. And as a as a Georgia fan with scar tissue, <laughs> even though we've had a, a tremendous last couple of years, a couple of seasons, I don't, I'm not, but we were talking, we were just talking about if that team shows up every weekend, how can they lose? Yeah. You couldn't help but ha- like have that thought. Not saying they were going to do it. But it was like, holy cow, look at this. Oregon ended up having a pretty good year. They've got tons of athletes mm-hmm. and um, you know, had a lot of success over, uh, with Mario Cristobal. So, I mean, they, they had pieces in place, but it was just holy cow. And then it was almost like, I don't want to get too excited about that. Yeah. Like, it is the only the first game, and there's plenty that can happen. Um, and then it's like that team kind of, we saw visions of it throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of showed, it reared its head at the, really they kind of bookended their season. First game like that. And then the national championship game against TCU, which that may have had more to do with their opponent on that night. But still it was like, holy cow. Click, talk about clicking on all cylinders. Oh, yeah. To start the season that way, like you said, you you do almost kind of put like an invisibility cloak on. You're like, nobody. Because I don't remember what Oregon was ranked. I feel like they were top 15, if not top 10. Right. You know, starting the season. I feel like it was like three versus six, something like that. I can't remember. But to do what we did to Oregon at the start of the season, I think everybody kind of was like, whoa. Yeah, this is the number one team because there's nobody that's going to beat this team again. And everybody preseason coming into the season, it was 15 draft picks are gone, and and most of that's coming off the defense. All these guys leaving for the transfer portal. By the way, Georgia didn't pick up any coming yeah. into last season, so it was like Georgia. You know, they're they're still going to be a good football team. They're going to take a step back, and then you come in and you absolutely slap Oregon in the face mm. to start the season and make everybody go. Wait a minute. Yeah. We thought Oregon was going to be a really good football team. And the question still was not necessarily, wow, Georgia's this good. Is Oregon that good? Started to be, you know, that's, that's yeah. it's funny how every week if Georgia did something really good, the conversation wasn't always, oh, man, look at Georgia. It was maybe this team they're yes. playing is not that great. Yeah. And yeah. That, that, that frustrates me to no end, whether it's media, fans, doesn't matter where Georgia never got their credit. And I think fast-forwarding to the national championship, I think a lot of that frustration was put on display right there, where it was like, no, 
this is not this is not this team isn't that good. This is Georgia is that good when they play their A plus football game. They started the season that way, they ended the season that mm-hmm. way, like you said, Bookie. And then we moved from Oregon, Sanford, thirty three to nothing. Some people that wasn't enough points on the board to beat a team. But you, you blanked a team. And then you go to South Carolina, you drum South Carolina, who by the way ended up the season Holy cow much Windles. better than, than <laughs> I I mean they they diminished the dreams of Tennessee and they do the same thing. That with, may that may have been the most um I mean, I don't want to say it was a game of the season, but it it was it was almost like an outer body experience yeah. For, watching that game, which was which was unbelievable the way they were playing and Rattler and the offense and all of that. It stunk to see Hinn and Hooker get hurt. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was just mind boggling. And then I I absolutely loved that they beat Clemson at Clemson. Yeah. I, that 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 was easily for the year top three or four most satisfying things <laughs> of the season yeah. for me. I think if I remember right, the night that South Carolina beat Tennessee was the night that Georgia was playing Kentucky. Weather it seems like every time we play Kentucky the weather's not necessarily great, whether it's yeah. cold, raining, whatever it is. Except for last year, I think that was actually a, a, a good game. But so we weren't really paying attention because that was like a 16-6 to win. It wasn't the most yeah. pretty win against Kentucky either. But seeing what South Carolina ended up doing, all of a sudden it was like, hey, again, they diminished Tennessee's hopes of getting in the college football playoff. They diminished Clemson's chance of backdooring their way up there as well. And they, they took both of those away. So in the end, South Carolina turns out not to be a terrible football team. Georgia beats them 48-7. to Yeah. Another team that takes care of business. Then we get into Kent State, 39-22. to Again, that was one that was a much lesser opponent than what we would face the week after in Mich- or, uh, Missouri. But it was like, man, all of a sudden, that's where we started looking, going, is this defense, maybe some of this attrition from the defense last year is showing its face, mm-hmm. which is strange because, again, Oregon, South Carolina, that didn't show up. But then Kent State comes in, you're at home, you're not getting a night game this season, but it's like, what happened? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, something maybe maybe it was like Kirby said, you're you're a week away from humility, you know, or you're True. technically I guess sixty minutes away from it, and you got a home game against a team that you don't have. You're sleepwalking. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what happens. But then the next week, you're in a dogfight in Missouri at a night game. Mm-hmm. Again, it's on the road. It's a night game. It's SEC. I don't care how big Missouri is or not. And, again, they didn't end up with the best season of them all. But we're in a dogfight there from that point to the end. And then Georgia started to kind of put it together, 42-10, Auburn, 55 nothing against Vanderbilt, which, by the way, blows me away. Georgia beat a team who played in the college football national championship by more than they beat Vanderbilt this season. Beat Vandy 58 or 55 oh, wow. nothing. Yeah, you end up beating T- TCU 65-7. to mm-hmm. You beat them by 58. Um then Florida. Florida was the same thing where we're, we're handling business, and for whatever reason there at the end of the game, defense decides just to kind of let them hang around. And I think some of that was, again, it could be some of the same, which was just fatigue of, all right, you have this second half of the season, which was what I was saying during the season, this will be the test for Georgia. You have Florida. You have Tennessee at home. Then you go going to Mississippi State, to Kentucky. So you have a pretty rough stretch there right there with SEC matchups 
hard football games. Play in Florida. Doesn't matter how good or bad they are. It's going to be a brutal football game, just like when you play Georgia as an opponent anytime. This is not a game you're coming in and you don't have to be physical in. This is a game you're coming in and they want to not only beat you on the field, but they want to beat you on the scoreboard too. Mm -hmm. And they're going to do everything they can if they can on the scoreboard to beat you on the field. Mm -hmm. So that was one thing I was nervous about as we started to move forward to these other bigger games. But it luckily prevailed because you beat Florida and then we go to Tennessee. I want to talk about Tennessee for a minute. Okay. Because coming into this game, I know you don't like Tennessee. I don't care for Tennessee. We have faced the heartbreak of them. What was that, 2016, the Hail Mary mm-hmm. with Easton and, and, and them. So, don't like them. They get to come in. We all of a sudden fall in the rankings. Whatever. Tennessee is now the number one team in the country. They're coming to our house. It is set to be the largest and, and biggest matchup in Athens, in Sanford Stadium history between a number one AP poll or number one, I guess it was that was the first college football playoff poll, I think, and then the number one AP poll or number two, something like that. So big matchup. And Tennessee came in red hot and heavy after beating Alabama and thought that, all right, it's our time to prove it. And watching Georgia dismantle Tennessee all time, probably one of my favorite games of the season. Oh, hands down. Had the had the second half, and it's it's so funny to me how Tennessee fans they're like, oh yeah, but the second half, you know, if it if it doesn't start raining, that's a different football game. Tennessee probably comes back and win it. And I was like, no, 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 no. If it didn't start raining, you probably get beat a lot worse than what you got beat by. Yeah, they're the same ones that say, well, if the game hadn't ended, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, if we had fifteen yeah, more minutes, one more thing. quarter, you know, we could we could Bunch win it. Of mouth breathers. <laughs> That was that was a satisfying one there. And I've already got it circled. I think it's like October 18th next year. I think it's a later later game in the season that – or no, it's, I think it's November, like late November. Anyways, that's going to be a big one next year. I've already got it circled on the calendar. Because luckily, and this is looking ahead, but Georgia has a lot of, a lot of opportunity to be right back in the picture next year for a third straight season – but there are going to be a couple of roads. Again, we're facing attrition, and that's one of the biggest games on the schedule next year. Every year I think it's circled, but now that Tennessee's kind of coming back into the limelight a little bit, it starts to be even more more so of one because I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine going back to the days of not beating Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, they – if they – if, if – um... Well, that that coach looks like a beanbag chair. What's it? Their coaches? Heupel. Heupel. Oh, yes. <laughs> if uh, if he if he has the right quarterback, yeah. You know, They're high on Well, that's good. I mean, he does. Ha- he has yeah. an incredible arm, and if they work with him, he you know he he might be able to. I mean, that's always the knock. He's got the most incredible arm. He can throw it, you know, eighteen miles. Yeah. Um, but his accuracy. But I mean, he's got. A ton of time for them to work with him and he's big he's a big guy um and so if they if they have the right quarterback they're going to have a they're going to be a good football team I mean there's no doubt and you know yes I that's the one team on our schedule that I don't want to lose to um more than anybody but Florida comes in a close second yeah 
Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of one A, one B. But for but Tennessee's top spot for me, it just is. Um, and I hope we go up there and beat. You know, what, what else are they going to say? It's like it's their. I don't know. It they're they're lunatics. I mean, they have they have not been relevant. That's the sad part is they think they're really relevant. Besides this past year, they 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 felt like they had a right to be considered a top program, where the product on the field did not match what they were saying. This season, they were really good. I'll be honest with you. I thought they were the best team uh, in the country there. At that kind of right there before, or right mm-hmm. when they were doing. The, when the goalpost went for a ride in the river, yeah, I mean that. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean it was just that offense. It was like, my gosh, I yeah. mean, it, you know, it was it was similar to me as Joe Burrow and LSU when they won it all. It did not matter if somebody went down and scored on LSU. It's like when the offense got the ball. When I would watch them play, I was like, oh well, they'll they'll score. Yeah. I mean, it re- really was like it, it's not a matter if they were scores. Like, oh yeah, they will score. That's how I looked at Tennessee. My wife and I were talking about it, maybe maybe after they were doing the replay after they won the national championship, and they were replaying the Georgia Tennessee game, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that if you asked ten Georgia fans, if you thought about just this season, including the national championship, which obviously means the Peach Bowl. What is the play of the year? What is the one that sticks out? And I mean, just me asking, and I'm asking you, because I have an I have an answer. But when you think about the season, what is the play that comes to mind? Hmm. See, I'm surprised that you don't have. So there's a few, you know. I, I still, all right, give me give me three. Give me three. I still think one of. One of them is controversial because I feel like in that Tennessee game, you're playing the number one team in the country. You have, again, arguably one of the best defenses in the country. And we go back to last year. Tennessee had a good running offense last year, and we knew that they were high-powered last year playing them, and they ran into the buzzsaw that was Georgia. They scored a lot in the first quarter against Georgia, and then they didn't from Mm -hmm. that point on. Same thing coming into this year. I had a lot of credit that Kirby would have the defense ready and it did. They only scored 13 points. And they, like you said, it, it looked like a team that you weren't going to stop, and Georgia did. And by the way, then you turn around, and Georgia offensively still does their job against them and could have done more if in the second half it wasn't raining. They just ran the ball to keep it protected and keep Tennessee from getting it, and you understand why. But one of them that's controversial to me that is one of my favorite plays of the year is what should have been a safety in the end zone mm-hmm. where Jalen Carter goes in and tackles – Okay. Hendon, you have a, a strip strip fumble. Should have been a safety. Would have been great to have a touchdown there. That's one of – and I would do. I would probably do it like offensively and defensively because then you can also fast forward to the SEC championship game and when Jalen Carter picks up yep. LSU's quarterback, that's another good one. Okay. But having Lab McConkey wide open in that game, you, I would probably have to go to – and believe it or not, I've not done this. And this this may be another episode to come. I I, I want to sit down and maybe go and say, all right, give me the top three best plays from each game, and then wire it down from there to like the top five or top ten best plays of the season. So 
Sounds like you have one in mind, though, on the season or that game in, in no, no, no. general. No, no, no. I don't want to do it by game. Yeah. Because no, I no, think no, 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 no. Yeah, I get by, that. By game, you, it, 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 it'd take a while. Well, man. it would be forever, and it would it would lose its, its luster. Yeah. But I'm talking for the season. And I'm going to tell you my clear number one. Um, and it's weird to say, but to me, it 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 was the it was the lightning rod for everything. All right, now I will probably I will want you to tell me what your listeners email and tell you okay. how okay. what an idiot I am. But it was the Tennessee game, and it was the punt that that guy kicked. Our guy kicked. What's his name? The Australian last name. Oh, Brett Th- Thorson. Thorson. Yeah. And it goes out on the one or the two yard yeah. line. I mean, he literally kicked the ball. I don't know. Seemed like eight, it was like seventy or eighty uh, something. It was yards eighty, it like eighty, literally probably eighty-five yards. Yeah. It takes that incredible bounce. But what's great is our guys are. You know, we had one that was getting on it as it went out of bounds. But you had, I think, maybe at least one or two other guys hot on his heels. Yeah. It pins them back which leads to your play yeah, of Jalen yeah, yeah. Carter. But that, to me, is the one that's... I mean, it's the most unbelievable thing I have seen. And, and yes, uh, I'm sure that he was like, hey, I, you know, let me put my leg into this one. Let me... They probably practice, you know, pin it in the corners. But you've got to pull it off, and you've also got to have lucky bounces. Yeah. There's no doubt. To me, it's, it's, it is the... I don't know, you know, saying it's the play of the season, but I'll be honest with you, if you sat down and looked at all of them, it's in the top three of the entire season. If you even include the Peach Bowl, I guess the play there could be really not on us. It was what Ohio State didn't do, kicking, missing that field goal. But to me, it was that. It was it was that punt, and I think it 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 did so much for the team. It did the fans. And we saw what happened. Yeah, and I, th- that's. I think it's probably the wording I would have to use for it would be the underrated play of the year. Yeah, because special teams, so many times, both on the receiving and the kicking side of it, is such an underrated part of the game now, and it means so much. Again, you go back to Ohio State missing a field goal. That's a special teams play mm-hmm. right there, and you don't think about it until it either goes wrong. All right, goes really right. And that was one situation where it went really right. Go all the way back to uh, Jack Podlesny kicking it against Cincinnati a couple of years ago in the Peach Bowl. Mm -hmm. Another time playing in it. He kicks the last second field goal, and you win it. That's a special, special teams play. Mm -hmm. And this was another one, and you're right. Thinking back to it now because I've forgotten all about it, which would be why it's not on my top. So (laughs) I I do get why you say it, though. Because it is, like you said, Thinking back to it, the crowd is 100% in it then because it's unbelievable, one, how far he kicked it, but the fact it didn't either roll in the end zone mm-hmm. or roll out on the 10, you know, which is still a great kick. Mm-hmm. But the fact they we pin them that deep, you give your fans an opportunity to get into it. The defense is they're, they're on – I mean, they're pinning their ears back doing everything they can and, again, should have had a safety and got the ball back. But if you punt that and they get it on the 25, who's to say they don't drive it? Exactly. There's always the ifs, and I've, I made a point last episode yeah. that we're not going to if yeah. a season because that's what everybody else does to Georgia yeah. Yeah. is if it. 
But but you are right. It it was a very underrated. I'm sure you've got the game recorded. Oh yeah, DVR. Yeah. Go back and very, watch. There's it. a very few like Oregon is recorded. Yes. Tennessee is recorded. Obviously, Peach Bowl, the other, and then just to name a couple to go back in the day, national championship last year, mm-hmm. Oklahoma, Georgia. I don't think I will ever delete no. from DVR because How that not? was How could you? that to me still unbelievable. I still it, it's hard. National championship last year has to be the top, the top of the top of the tier because again, forty-one years mm-hmm. beating Alabama, regardless of the excuses they'll make. And the, the excuses they still make this year. But second, still to me, is higher than the National Championship this year. It's higher than the Peach Bowl this year. It's higher than the Peach Bowl of when we beat Cincinnati is that Rose Bowl game because of that was the lightning. That was when it was no longer a we have a chance. It was we are in because of this and the fight that it took to come back from that game. But not to go all the way back to that. But you are right as far as that punt goes. Definitely one of the most underrated. Because, again, I'd forgotten about it. I would have to go back and watch, watch every it. game watch and say, it. Yeah. you know, look at this. But you're right. In, in the moment, in the moment, I remember my wife and I, you know, because she, she's a Georgia alum, and and she she likes, you know, she's not an insane yeah. fan, but she wants to watch. And we both were sitting there going, "Holy cow! Did you? I've never seen a play like yeah. that." And then fast forward to, you know, after the national championship, and they do kind of that. Whoever wins the title on the SEC network, they kind of replay a bunch of games and all of that and they showed it and she and I still were like it's the it's unbelievable and how it re-energized yeah. I mean everybody was keyed up and then it just then chips started falling after that I actually have I just thought of a second one that's very similar to that and there wasn't even a play is how and this is also I'm going to put it above that as an and as an underrated play of the year that's Kirby Smart's timeout in the Peach Bowl oh gosh if yes. that doesn't happen oh my gosh I don't know that Georgia wins that football no, game again they, we're, we're ifing it but Kirby Smart to and listening back after that game to have called the timeout just based on his eyes because you know they have the all the coordinators in their ears and he said I wasn't switched to the special teams channel and they're in there yelling call a timeout First of all, Ohio State had twelve personnel, twelve people on the field, right? And wasn't going to get flagged for it because had the play happened, there were no flags that that popped up. But if he doesn't call that timeout, they got the first down, and I don't know that you get it back. But then you turn around, it was I think it may have been back to back plays after the punt. You call the timeout, you save your defense, and you give your offense an opportunity and. I don't remember if it was the very next play or not. Arian Smith wide open on the left side of the field to pull within three mm-hmm. like that after going for two. But yeah. but that's it's funny you you mentioned the punt because you start to think of now it opens up your mind to some of the more underrated things like then you go special teams last year against Arkansas blocking a punt in the end zone and that was that was a dominant game. Um, but then rounding out like the rest of the season again, you go to Mississippi State. Uh, R.I.P. The, the the pirate Mike Leach mm-hmm. in that one. 
Um, then we go to Kentucky. Again, that was just a sloppy game, 16-6. to Georgia Tech, that was still kind of a sloppy game. It felt much closer than it was, even though you win 37-14. to You know, I think that's just because for a little while it was much closer than it should have been, similar to kind of like the Kent State game. Never never thought you'd lose it, but it was like, yeah, I don't really like them. Kind of hanging yeah, around. I don't, I don't like them sticking around this much. Then finally, Kirby talked about this and has been talking about it. Georgia – regardless of playing for the national championship the past two years, in his tenure, has only won the SEC championship twice. Right. Playing there. So it was a big deal to get back there, and it was a big deal to Kirby to win it. Not just to get there. Yeah. But it was to win the SEC championship game. You go in, you play LSU, your favorite coach that's in that's in the SEC right now, in Brian Kelly, and drops a 50-burger on him. <laughs> Yeah. Let's talk about the SEC championship game. Okay. So, your thoughts on it? At 50 to 30. To be, to be honest, I don't have many thoughts on yeah. it because um, I was relieved. I was glad that we were playing them. I didn't – the way it played out is the way that I thought yeah. that, it w- that it would. I, I thought that we were a far superior team. I never felt like um, – I just – I mean, I don't want to say that I didn't think we could lose because you always can, but I just I wasn't I really wasn't worried about it, and it, and it's not because oh we've been here before. I'm not, I'm not if that's not it. I just didn't I, LSU just didn't have the horses to to keep up with us. Now the way that they slung the ball with that that backup quarterback that was impressive. Yeah, and that was the only thing talking to people, you know, other Georgia fans, people like, man, gosh, man, they, they made that look easy. And now we've got to play Ohio State. Holy cow. But I, I did, the SEC championship, to me, unfortunately, was fairly anticlimactic in the sense that I really didn't think, I thought we'd be fine. I was more, I had more anxiety, uh, anxiousness with the national championship and TCU just because TCU to me <laughs> for the season like that quarterback that was one of in that Big 12 championship mm-hmm. that's one of the best individual efforts I've seen in a long time I mean I, I mean that guy I mean they you had to pick him up carry him off the field yeah so I just thought they were real gritty a real gritty team they would scratch it out obviously we know what happened it was you know not even a game so I, I I hate saying that. I don't say that as a spoiled Georgia fan or uh, check us out. There's just times I think I think all people that are fans of a good football team they go into a game and they feel okay. We've got this. Yeah, it was very lackluster because the entire time it just felt like LSU didn't belong there. Again, right. we were we were glad to play them, but it was like. This just doesn't feel like the team who who yeah. we're supposed to be playing. Yeah, and and I'm not giving credit to any other teams that were there because you have to win your football games. Or you don't get there. Doesn't matter yeah. what happens in your situation. It's the next man up. And I said this: if Stetson Bennett was to get hurt in a game, you have to rely on Carson Beck, Brock Vandegrift, Gunnar Stockton, whoever is next has to come in and play at the same level. That's why you practice week in and week out. It's not it's not just Stetson out there practicing every day. Right, Carson Beck's not sitting on a couch watching TV or something. He's out there doing the same thing 
to try to be prepared for that moment. And these other teams, when they lose a game, they want to make an excuse instead of sitting there going, okay, we have to be prepared for whoever comes behind it. Because guess what? That's who's coming this year. Oh, yeah. All of the guys who are leaving, you have to have the guys who are behind them prepared for this year because now it's their moment. It's their time to shine. Whether it's Carson Beck, Brock Vandegrift, Gunnar Stockton, there's been conversations of each, um, which we'll get to. it. But it, 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 the SEC championship game, like you said, never felt like it was out of hand. It was lackluster in the fact that Georgia, I'm fairly certain, could have probably scored 70 points in that football game if they wanted to. Todd Munkin was rolling through the game, but our defense was became the question. And the backup, like you said, that comes in and slings the ball on him, I don't think he's going to start next year for him after everything that he did wow. in that game, which blows my mind because Jaden Daniels or Jalen, is it Jaden or Jalen? Either way. He's going to be, he'll be back. So yep. he's the guy that they'll go to because he can run, but they have a great backup there if yeah. he sti- if he stays. That'll yep. be the other side of it. So you win your, your second SEC championship game in as much time since 2017 at least. Move on to the Peach Bowl, Ohio State. The hardest game to watch, but also the most emotional as far as you come back from a small deficit to start, then you come back from 14 two different times to win the football game. And you, just, almost like Alabama fans are, are, were Ohio State fans. You know, they go down a wide receiver in the third quarter and they think that he was the difference in the football game. He was great in the first half. Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm. gets hit, controversial, whether it's a targeting call. If you really watch it, it's a shoulder. has nothing to do with the guy's head. He gets a concussion, can't come back into the football game. Of course, he's upset. But he hadn't done anything in the second half. Not to say that he wouldn't have done something at the end of the game to help his team, but Georgia ends up winning the football game at the ball drop, and it was wide left, mm-hmm. as the as the people say. That was the moment where I realized, okay, Ohio State does belong here because I don't like Ohio State. I always feel like they're Good they're grief. they're sitting at the top. Oh, they're they're awful. they're almost like they're a, a pedigreed program. They they are the nationwide equivalent of Tennessee. True, just they they are just people either are a Buckeye fan. And I think they have considered the largest fan base of all college programs, or you absolutely one hundred percent loathe yeah. anything and everything about Ohio State, and that's that was what was horrible for me this season was. Tennessee and Ohio State are just the two teams I, I like. I, yeah. And I will say this: the respect of Ohio State because they played so good. Yep. C.J. Stroud, holy cow! And I couldn't watch most of the game. I mean, I was literally kind of sick to my stomach because it was. We're playing so. Part of it is we played poorly, and, and and again, you can't just say it's all Georgia playing poorly. It was yeah. Ohio State mm-hmm. playing really, really well. <clears throat> Excuse me. That towards the end, the people that I was with, you know, we couldn't – we were standing on my front porch looking through. Yeah. And when, when the field goal was missed, <clears throat> and I'm not I, – I, I, th- I thought early on, I was like, we're not winning this game. And one of my good friends that was there, he was like, hey, man, 
when it gets like this, this is when Stetson shines. And he, and to his credit, I mean, he, he, he nailed it. Um, but when the field goal was missed, everybody in the house, one of the kids on the front porch is hilarious. He's running through the yard, whooping and hollering <laughs> and was excited. And it was, you hear about these really successful coaches that don't, they don't celebrate wins. It's more of a relief. I know what that feels like because I didn't celebrate as in jumping up. Oh my gosh, yes, yes. Everybody in my house did that. Yeah. Adults and children. And I was on the front porch and I just, I just walked into the house and started doing something. It was a relief. Yeah. And it was, um, I mean, it it just shaved years. It felt like <laughs> off. And, and 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 a, it's because of I, I don't care for Ohio State, but you got to respect them. There's a difference. Yeah. You can not like somebody oh, yeah. and respect them, but it was um, it it was the whole like. Going back to USC laying an egg against Utah, which Utah is such such a like great program, and they're they're scrappy and they figure out things. I mean, yes, Florida beat them this year, but they just kind of a they're just one of those teams. They're always they're never out of it. They're kind of always in the mix. Yeah. And because I wanted USC, I was like that it felt like oh well if we if we play LSU and do what we did. We'll play USC. That'll be won't be a problem. And then it'll be who are we going to play? TCU or Michigan? Yeah. That that's that's what I was hoping for. But when they said, "Oh no, we got Ohio State in the mix," they were the ones that legitimately worried me. A because I thought they were good, and B the thought of losing to them was awful. Yeah, awful. It's funny. I had the same thought last year. I was like, if there's a team that can beat them. You know, Alabama did what they did to us in the SEC championship game. But I've, I've always said this, is, and everybody says it, it's hard to beat a team twice in a year. Mm-hmm. So I knew we at least had a chance the second time we played them. But they were a team last year that I was like, if there's a team that makes me a little nervous, it's probably Ohio State. And then this year was similarly the same thing. But I was like you. I was like, all USC has to do is take care of their business. And the the – possibility of the top four teams in the country every year taking care of their business when it matters for whatever reason never happens mm-hmm. at least one of them falls and both of them did i mean tcu fell too so did usc for usc it meant getting in the playoffs at all and i said this coming into it that to me tcu their punishment for losing their conference championship game is to fall one spot in the rankings their reward is that they're still in the college football playoffs. Mm. To me, that was it. Even though I don't necessarily think that Ohio State deserved to jump them because they didn't play in a conference championship game, to me that is still a, you know, it should have been to me a matchup of Ohio State and Michigan again. I think some of that is they didn't want to see that matchup again. But I still felt like coming in the first round of the playoffs, Georgia TCU was the matchup that should have happened first, Mm. not last. Now, yeah. I have to, like you said, I've given credit on the show already to Ohio State because Georgia played like C-plus football, mm-hmm. minus, B-minus, whatever you want to call it, football, and they played A-plus. 
Mm-hmm. And Georgia still won that football game. Again, you go back earlier in the season, those games that we were much tighter in, I don't think we win against Ohio State if that doesn't happen. Because you come into this game just like we did in the SEC Championship game last year, high on your horse, you hadn't lost a game, nobody can beat you, bam, you get smacked in the mouth. At least in the SEC Championship game, you had an opportunity to still be in. And you were. This year, if you'd lost in the Peach Bowl, it's over. Just like that. Oh, yeah. And so, like you said, credit to I don't I dislike him, but you do have to respect him and give him the credit due, especially C.J. Stroud, because he did like Max Duggan has done all season and put the team on his back, ran when he needed to, threw to guys wide open, scrambled for his life a few times, and went that that's George's Achilles heel. It's been this year, somewhat last year, even back to 2019, was when a quarterback gets loose. We lose their wide receivers on the back end, and they end up wide open somewhere against us. And, and he, he nailed us all night long. It's not that our defense wasn't doing a great job. They were doing good for the first five to seven minutes or seconds of the play. But then from that point on, when, it, when, a, when a play is extended, extended we, yeah. could not, we can't stick around on the back end. That's something that will have to be proven. But we beat them 42-41 to 41 as the ball drops, which was unreal. I was the opposite. You and I understand why. You were like Kirby Smart. Hey, it's his business. We handled it. Sucked. Lost 14 years off my life. Uh, probably going to have heart issues coming up next season as well. But we won the football game. We get to move on. Good. I was the opposite. I was jumping around. I was like everybody else in your house, jumping around, hooping and hollering. I was so excited <laughs> because it, it, it was such a hard game to watch. But the fact that we kept coming back, we didn't give up. We won the game. And we were going back to another national championship. When I'm gonna be honest with you, coming in against TCU, even after what they did to uh, to Michigan, and through the season, I kept watching ha- seven games where they made a comeback and they won at the last second or right. in the last minute. Yeah. And again, champions find a way to win. Yeah, but that's not that's sustainable. <laughs> Georgia is losing to Missouri in, late in the fourth quarter, and they yeah. come back and win. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. All of the other games, whether they were close or not, Georgia still, and you never felt like they were out of it. So coming into that game after beating Ohio State, a huge emotional roller coaster, but we were in our backyard. We didn't have a long way to go back home and prepare for this. I never had nerves coming in against TCU, and a lot of that was because of that. Again, credit to, to Max Duggan because he had hell of a season, mm-hmm. especially to have not been the starter. Yeah, beginning the season and coming in and doing what it did, it becomes a a, a a Heisman Trophy candidate. Which, by the way, Georgia he was a runner-up. Yeah, by the way, Georgia beat two of those guys yeah. to win the national championship this year. And then you move on and you play in this game, and Georgia went back to playing against Oregon at the beginning of the season, which we talked about a minute ago. Bookends because Georgia played a plus football, and to me, TCU played. A minus football. I don't think it was that TCU was a, a bad team. It was a bad day for them for sure. But they did everything they could to try to win the game, and it was Georgia was way too much. When Georgia was playing A plus football, I said this last week. There's nobody, nobody in this country that would beat them. No, nobody. I agree. And they did offensively, defensively, special teams because mm-hmm. we punted the ball one time the entire foot one time in a national championship game. Forget all the records that were broken. Forget all the history that was made in this game. Georgia punted the football one time in this football game, 
And the only other time that they didn't score was when they kneeled the ball at the end of the football game, whether it was a field goal yep, or a touchdown. Right. Wow. Yeah. Interceptions defensively. I mean, they, they did 65-7, to 7, something that I'll be honest with you, and they said I, I keep hearing this on, on the radio and on TV and everything, it's the least watched national championship game ever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, we're Georgia fans, so we're going to say that. Yeah, we, okay. we enjoyed it. But let's look at the ratings for the first quarter. Yeah, and let's compare yeah. because by half to I'll be honest with you, the fourth quarter, I have I've had to go back and watch to yes. see exactly what we did because I was watching the game and wasn't paying that much attention. No, it it was it was um, yes, it was. It felt like week three of the season, and we're playing mm-hmm. Sanford. Mm-hmm. I would say Kent State, but they gave us a much better run for our money. <laughs> and it was it was sitting back going. At one point, we were. Up 38 to 7 was like, wow, you know, halftime, we're, we're beating the snot. And we'll go up 45 to 7. I'm like, okay, this is crazy, you know. And then we keep going. It was, was like at, an outer body experience. Yeah, yeah it's basically. like, what was it, 52 to 7 or something like that. And I, yeah. I was just going, I, I, I said what, what uh, TCU's head coach said. I, I was, wow. Yes. Un, it's unreal. Yeah. And it's not that we didn't believe Georgia could do something like that. It's this is the biggest stage. There's no bigger stage than playing on a national championship game, and Georgia is doing what they're doing, and they're not taking their foot off the pedal. It's, I, I think it, it is people that talk about a team that takes on the personality of their coach, and I think that the team, and I guess we have to look at it in terms of this year, but as a, I think, well, yes, this year, but also as a program as a whole, that um, they're taking on the personality of Kirby. Yeah, I, I, I do. I really do think that. I don't think that's a bad thing either. You know, you handle your mm-hmm. business when it's time to handle your business. You don't celebrate as much in the SEC championship game. Last year, you didn't celebrate that you won the the Orange Bowl. This year, they didn't, definitely didn't. They celebrated that they won the Peach Bowl because of the way that it ended. I mean, you, you had to celebrate the fact that you're going back off a missed field goal because. That was what it was. Whereas the Orange Bowl last year, it was like, okay, we handled our business, we're excited, we're going to the national championship, but we got we got one more game. Yeah. I, well, it's it, when you talk about the Peach Bowl, to me, it's, I think I said it to you afterwards. It was not that Georgia won the Peach Bowl. Yeah. Is that Ohio State lost yeah, it, yeah. and that's not a dig on Ohio State. That's actually a, that's a compliment that yeah. that. It they wasn't did everything. That Georgia, they did everything they needed to do yeah. to win the game, and I, and. Yeah. and you cannot, to me, you cannot put all of this on their kicker. Did he miss the field goal to win the game? Yes. But guess what? He made and had more points than our field goal kicker did after yeah. missing two. Yeah. Oh, you definitely can't put it on yeah. their kicker. He, he, no, he shouldn't have been in that position. Yeah, exactly. Defensively yeah. for them, they didn't do their job late in the football game to put Georgia away. And offensively, Georgia kept fighting, which is what you're supposed to do. But then we get in the national championship, we do it. One, one crazy thing that I, I heard yesterday, day before, it may have been earlier this week. In these back-to-back season, national championships, 21-22, Georgia has beat every football team who has won the college football playoff. Every, really? Yep. How about that? You've beaten Ohio State. You've beaten yep. Alabama. You've beaten Clemson. Who else has won it? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's interesting. I didn't know that. Seems like seems like there's one other team that's won it that we've played. But either way, has has beaten – Every team who's been in the oh LSU, LSU. There you go. Yeah, twenty nineteen. That's right. 
So in these back-to-back seasons, you've beaten every team who has won a College Football Playoff National Championship. All right, which is I've, kind of a wild thing. I've got two questions for Go you, ahead. and I'm going to keep you on point. Okay. Because I don't like you know people get into these trivial things. But one of the hot button one was 2019 LSU versus oh, this year's U- UGA. Without going into real deep depth, who would you take? Just somebody says 2019 versus this year's UGA. Who would you take? Mm, probably 2019 LSU. Me too. And it's, it's, to it's, me, I don't have to think about I, it. I'm a Georgia fan, so it is hard. That's where my hesitation comes from. But it's this. If Georgia plays the way they did in the in the national championship game and the way they did against Oregon, it is a forty-two to forty-one Peach Bowl final. Yeah, and it comes down With to a, sl- a slugfest. Exactly. It, it it is twenty nineteen LSU Alabama. It is that matchup yeah. where it's high fifties and the last person with the football is who wins the game. Yeah. I do think it's that close, but that team to me was still such an impressive team to watch. And listen, again, we're Georgia fans. We're not trying to, to discredit no. what Georgia has no, done in no, the past no, two no. years. Yeah, of course. You, you made history, but that football team watching in 2019, this was when we played them in the SEC championship game. There was It wasn't like this year. It wasn't like this year or last year where it was like, we have a chance. I feel good about this. When we played them then, oh. I remember going and watching it at a friend's house, and I told them, I do not expect to win this game, but we're going to come and watch it anyway. Yeah. And he was like, what do you mean, man? I was like, Come this on. football team, Georgia is not prepared for this in 2019. No. no. We don't have the team that we did last year. Now, I will say, you put last year's defense on this year's offense, now you you might have a football game that I, I believe Georgia can a win. A juggernaut. Yeah. It, it, that would be one I think we could slow LSU down just enough. Yeah. To, okay. To, so win it by, you... to win it by – Probably five. Okay, so you've answered that, and, and by the I way, agree. somebody put did put out a statistic that if 2019 LSU played 2022 Georgia, LSU would be a six and a half point favorite. Okay, well, I <laughs> so believe I that. Actually, I actually read that yesterday. Okay, all right. Or not. Um, all right, now because obviously I think I've I'm recorded on your show talking about it, and I know that we talked about it at work certainly. But remind me, Stetson coming back for this season. When he decided to come back, what was your thought then? My original was just like how we ended the 2021 season. It is the perfect opportunity to ride off into the sunset. Okay. And you have made a legacy career, a movie written about career and what Mm. you've done since the time that you got to Georgia, left to go to Jones, came back yeah. as a walk-on, did what you've done, and you won a national championship. So coming into this season, it was part of you looked at it, and I was like, man, I wish you'd have rode off into the sunset. Right, JT left. Uh-huh. So then when you think about starting this season, at the beginning, it was like, okay, you have a proven quarterback. You don't have a quarterback battle. You mm-hmm. have a guy who won it for you last year. He didn't leave. He's here. You don't have to worry about something at quarterback because he proved what he can do last year. You can't doubt him anymore. All right. As much as we did last so, year. All right. So, so your answer was was same as mine. As I felt like, you know, it's a storybook ending. Yeah. Was it him leaving, or or your your thought of why don't you you know ride off into the sunset? Was it strictly storyline? 
leaving that quote-unquote legacy or was there a part of it of you know how people have always kind of doubted the guy even Georgia fans was there a part of you like kind of want to see somebody else back there it was for me it was never a kind of want to see somebody because I think next year we're still going to get that opportunity you know I had the thought in the back of my mind whereas if JT does come back you know you get to see him again which is great but to me, it was more storyline because, again, the, sh- the focus shifted from when he is coming back. It was, okay, you have a proven quarterback here. You don't have any question at quarterback. Just like generally every year, you don't have a question at running back because Georgia is going to produce that year in and year out. Yeah. And even after last year, now we know this, Georgia loses 15 to the draft. And I think, what, eight or nine were on defense. A lot of starters from last season's defense – and you still turn around and do it again yeah. this year. So I think it's a proven commodity on defense as well, where it was like, we don't, we're not going to have to worry about it moving forward. But again, I think again, it, to me, it was storyline. He he goes out, you go out a champion, you're a walk-on national champion for the for a team who hadn't won in 41 years. Right. To it was go. But then yeah. it, it was also, I understand his side of it. Why? I don't have to. I have another year. Yeah. Why would I not come back? You know, yeah, and we even looked at that and started thinking, why wouldn't he come back? You know, I agree. He he's not going to have that high of draft stock in the NFL. Everybody's doubted him this year. People will still doubt him, and they did coming into the year. I know my my focus shifted at the start of the season to okay, you have that proven quarterback. We don't have to worry about it. We're good to go with Stetson. And there was it was still unbelievable how many people were like. Why did he come back? And then it's crazy how by the end of the year, the focus was no longer on he can't do it to the point where he was consistently still doing it, taking Georgia to an undefeated 12-0 season, going to the playoffs, 13-0 after the SEC championship. It all of a sudden focused from that to he's too old. He's 25. Of course he's beating 18-year-olds. And I'm thinking, how, 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 do, you, heard how do you change the narrative from – he can't do it. Yeah. To all of a sudden, he keeps doing it. He's too old. He, yeah. you know, he needs to move on, and he will this year. And yeah. I think that's a lot of the reason why, at the at the national championship, you know, parade celebration that they had in the stadium, I think that's why he was a man of very few words. Not because I also don't think he has a lot to say anyway necessarily, but he was very quiet in that because I think it was his way of saying people doubted me people in this very building that I'm in right now and I'm not going to give you, you know, just like there, he wasn't in the press conference after it. You know, he, he said his obligation to Georgia and having to spill in for a press conference was over after the national championship. So he did not show up the next morning and he didn't have to. Yeah. His job has been fulfilled. Yeah. You know, he can now go and I, I question for you similarly, th- same thing. You can answer the same question because I know you answered the one before. You know, I know we both felt like he should go off into the sunset. For you, is it storyline or is it I'd kind of like to see somebody else or is it you know I'm just kind of tired of this? That's one. But then the other is as far as the NFL goes, do you think he gets the opportunity? Do you think he is a higher round or maybe late? You know, I think most people would probably put him pretty late in the draft as far as being drafted. Uh, first question. I, I will admit, yeah, yes, it, it was storyline, and also I wanted, not that I wanted him gone, but it was, 
I just I just remember so clearly how he would he would try to press and he would throw he would just make these these interceptions that you wanted to yeah. you know pull your hair out all quarterbacks throw interceptions all of them make mistakes but it, when it's your team and your fandom um it was harder so i i was more on i was yeah hey all that all you can do is go down from here that was my thought my thinking he definitely proved me wrong oh yeah the fact that he's got you know he just made the, he'll the, carry the, 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 the what sequel to the to the movie that should have been last year you know he just there, added that be, to it yes there'll be a time way off in the distance when we're not around when they dig up this story and they're going to go there's no way there's 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 no way look it's two totally different things but it's like when you if you read the book or watch the story of Seabiscuit he was too small and Jockey was too big he didn't have a pedigree he this and that and da 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 and what happens he's he's still you know man to man against war admiral triple crown winner they had everything and he beat them so we wouldn't know about Seabiscuit that was in the 30s that, that that's what I'm saying it's in the, future, uh, it's, be it's the, the length of time they're going to be like holy cow this guy that yeah. look look how small he is he looks like he can fit in my pocket yeah. And <laughs> but there's you said it I believe it that there are plays that he made with his legs that if he had not been the quarterback would have changed the season, I think. Honestly. Uh, honestly. What was the second question? Draft-wise, do you think oh, he do you I don't think, think – I don't I, – I, and this is not anything against him. I don't think anybody is will – unless somebody's got so many draft okay. picks – that they're like, well, here we've got ten. We've we've covered all of our bases. We have a couple of extra draft picks. I, I, I mean, I don't watch the, care for the NFL all yeah. that much. But I, other than that, I don't know if anybody's going to draft him. I think what it'll it'll be is um, what they do after the draft is a free agent yeah, or, or whatever, or they invite them to come to give them a chance. I see that being the scenario, not a draft pick. I think he'll get drafted, but it, it. If we did this, if you take Stetson Bennett's name off of it and you put JT Daniels' name on it, and it's the same exact season last year and this year that Stetson Bennett had, yeah, he's a he's a top draft pick. I agree because when you look at the stats, when you look at all of this stuff, he accomplished so much, and it's it it blows my mind. If if he's the quarterback at Alabama. He's first round draft pick oh, yeah. next year, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it is crazy to me how this has happened to a guy who all he wanted to do was play and, and play for the best college football team in the country, which he's done, the team that he loves the most in Georgia, and he puts up all of these numbers. Granted, he tries to be a hero at times, and and that's where you get those flub plays like mm-hmm. that. But how he can be as good as he is, and no, he's not the top in the country. But he's still not even considered, you know. This, yeah, this guy should go high in the draft. Granted, there's going to be some big quarterbacks to come out of the draft this year, and it's funny how we transition into it because I was hoping we'd talk, you know, about Stetson because 
how can you not when it comes to talking about Georgia's back-to-back national championships and him? So do you see him as being drafted as a quarterback or a position change? No, no, no. As a, as a quarterback, yeah. I just I don't necessarily see him going like first round. I don't I don't foresee that happening. But I could see him well, coming. We, we ought to. I like think midway I, through the draft, I could see. All right. Well, I think I think we ought to make a fun wager to okay. see what what we pick, we pick a round. I don't know how many rounds are in the. Draft. I don't either. Okay. Because when it comes to the draft, everybody watches the first day, maybe the first two days, and then you kind of go, okay. Well, that was you know. There's the big names that are off the list. Well, let's do it. The rest of the week, you just kind of watch and you say, okay, I see, I see a couple of these Georgia guys. They're going here, and you're excited for them and everything. But it's later. You stop, stop paying attention. And the draft is in the spring. Is yes, I think it comes up in a, in a couple of months. Yeah, April. But you think about what Tom Brady. He was. Oh yeah. He, oh he, yeah. This yeah. could be it, it. This could. I'm not saying it will be. Don't, say. don't take. <laughs> don't take this for. Anybody that's driving and just heard you, we're talking about steps. And and then you you pull up. Tom Brady. Tommy Brady. (laughs) So, but I mean, he's he's drafted, but what, it was extremely late, right? Yeah. So it makes Oh, yeah. I think it was the last, the final round. Yeah, it makes me wonder, you know, what if Stetson comes in and he ends up being, you know, a similar Tom Brady. Tom Brady's on his way out. But all of a sudden, he comes in, he's doubted. He's dra- drafted late. You know, he, he's not the guy who everybody thinks he is. He's not the Bryce Young who's going to go early, which, by the way, he's bigger than Bryce Young is, which everybody is like, oh, yeah, Stetson's little. How tall is Stetson? He's taller than Bryce Young. If you watch that national championship last year, Stetson's like an inch taller than Bryce Young is. No. You know, now, Bryce Young, great quarterback, not taking anything away from him. A lot of it is what he had around him. Because there's a reason Georgia doesn't keep wide receivers as much as other teams. That's because other teams are known more for that. Georgia's known more for running the football and not allowing you to score. That's what Georgia's been for years since Herschel Walker was there in the 80s. You know, you don't always have a team who has a quarterback who's going to sling it for 5,000 yards, over 4,000 yards in a season. Um, But, I mean, he's just as big. What happens if, if 10 years down the road, Stetson started for the Falcons, and he and all of a sudden he's won three Super Bowls. You know, we'll all sit back and we'll go, you know, hey, we all doubted he's, him. Exactly, he proved his point, and we still doubted him. And he he just keeps on going. You know, again, that just builds to the legacy and the story that he's created, and the movie that I guess I'll play quarterback for him if they call me. You know, grow the old curls out a little bit, but uh, well, I th- I think we definitely need to do a wager. Nothing big. It could be something as simple as lunch, yeah, or something like that. Because I think a it would make it more interesting. Yeah, I mean, I did watch the first couple of minutes of the draft just to see if it was going to be Aiden Hutchinson first or uh, Trayvon Walker, and yeah. then they called Walker, and I was like, okay. And then and then the rest was seeing how many Georgia guys yeah. were drafted. Yeah. That was that was it. I, that, that's my extent of caring. So. It'll it'll give so something to look with, like for fun in the springtime when you're just when you're yeah, starting. Once, once we go to spring, you know the spring show because I always do one generally right there around. Uh, uh, was it G Day? I can't remember if I do it as technically the last episode of this season or the first episode right. of the next season because technically it's the next season yeah, that yeah. we're looking at. But so many guys still leaving the. But so let's do. So would the wager be? We'll just say lunch. 
you know, yeah. your, your choice of where you want to go to lunch, appetizers and all will include that. <laughs> do do you want the wager to be he doesn't get drafted at all and is preferred free agent? Or do you have like, uh, he might get drafted, but it's going to be really late? No, I'll go ahead. I, I will I will say. Let's he, have a clarification. Yeah, let's clarify. And I think it makes it more interesting. And it, it probably tips the odds in your favor that you say he gets drafted. I say he doesn't. I mean, he, he might, again, whatever it's called, the free agency, invites, whatever it yeah. is that they do. I think that'll I think that'll okay. be what somebody somebody's like. Hey, we gotta give this guy a shot. I'll shake your hand on. Got it. it. We'll All do, right, we'll do that. That'll think, be that keeps it clear cut. Yeah, I, I because I do think there's the possibility if he doesn't get mid, I still think he could get drafted late. But it's like you said, it's gonna it's. Sadly, as I was saying, a guy who's done all the things that he's done. He's a two-time national champion. He's a four-time MVP offensive winner in college football playoff games that he's played in. And he still is a guy who might not get drafted. Right. I, listen, I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah. I, I just – I know what you're saying. I, but, you know, there's been plenty of high-profile guys that yeah. were, quote-unquote, everybody thought was a can't-miss – draft pick in the NFL who was a complete and total bust. Yep. You know, There's um, some top guys who ended up being complete and total busts. Exactly. That's what I just said. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where, Sorry, where, I, thought where you, you? I thought yeah. you were saying the opposite. <laughs> so bear bear it, with us. I, it, it, look, how great would it be if he was able to get a chance, whether it's being drafted or an invite, and getting that opportunity and – you know, somebody's like, well, you know, your best way on the team is special teams. And then that turns into, well, we have a guy out and we got to put you in for this. And it just, you know, continue this yeah. storybook. Eventually it's got... It's like, it becomes a placeholder for the kicker and all of a sudden they run a fake pass and, hey, he can throw the football. Hey, that's a good idea, yeah. actually. And he can run. Yeah, That's actually pretty good. I hadn't thought about that one. That's pretty good. I think yeah. about that just because he's been holding it for Pod Lesney the yeah. past couple of years. So. Yeah, that's true. Interesting. Okay. Well, well, that's fun. That's yeah. a, that's a fun wager. So we'll set it in stone here on on uh, January twentieth, twenty twenty three. Yep. That if Stetson is drafted, we're going to lunch. Yep. On your dime. That's right. And you're, if, you're if he's not, then we're going to lunch on my dime. That's right. And uh, we'll go to McDonald's and get a McChicken right. uh, double yeah. cheeseburger. Uh, I'm feeling the surfing turf, buddy. <laughs> but, so, all right, last thing to kind of wrap it up, because we're kind of, how about we're pushing, time doesn't really matter, to be honest with you. But we've got a lot of guys who are leaving, and we knew we'd face it. We faced it last year. The only good thing is, I guess, we have a few guys that are coming in, like Rob Rod Thomas from the transfer portal that's coming in, a, a couple other guys that I've seen names-wise. And we've got really stout talent that's coming in, highly rated talent that is coming in as well with this class. And there's a few guys that are leaving that it's like, hmm, I don't know. I think Tresman Marshall, I think he left. He's going to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of guys are going to like uh, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. One of our tight end, Brett the- uh, uh, Seether, is going to Georgia Tech. Hate it when you go to a rival especially. But the latest of which, which – was kind of tough to hear was A.D. Mitchell leaving, a guy who has made two really big catches against Alabama in the national championship game and obviously technically the winning touchdown against Ohio State in the Peach Bowl to push you to 
the national championship game, he has announced that he is transferring. And the lean right now is that he's going to Texas because he has a family there. I've still not seen if that's truly where he's decided to go because the lean and the conversation has been he's going there for family. And I know you and I talked a little bit about it. The NIL deal, you know, if you got a guy who's offering somebody a lot of money, you know, it's hard to pass that up for a guy who has technically still played two to three more years if he had a redshirt, you know, season mm-hmm. in there. Um, so he's still got time to make money while he's here before he goes and makes even bigger money. I think I said that the the reason that it hurt the most to me, and it's not like it hurt, it's not like, oh, boo-hoo me or anything, but it's just, it's tough when you already struggle to have a strong wide receiver room. You had George George Pickens. He gets hurt, doesn't play his entire year. Lee's balling out for the Steelers right now. Then you get A.D. Mitchell, who was great last year, had a good chance to be good this year. He gets hurt, doesn't really play, comes back at the end of the year just like George did. And instead of coming back and we were all excited to have him for another season, now he's leaving. And if he goes to Texas for family and everything, hey, I'm all for it. I would hate to see him leave and end up going somewhere else just for money. But unfortunately, that's the game that we're coming into now is these guys are going to leave, and it could be just for that. And I don't think it's because Georgia's pockets aren't deep, but I think it's got a lot to do with what you said earlier. It is this team is starting to build the same mentality of its coach, and that is you buy in and you're here. Stick around. You'll have your opportunity. Sadly, he's had his. That's why I think it comes as such a shock. Some of these defensive guys, too, that have left who are starters Mm -hmm. and guys who are good football players Mm -hmm. that – either want more time or don't want to have to rotate with somebody and maybe that's maybe that's their prerogative to it but to me like A.D. Mitchell was dude you you have all the opportunity in the world here and you're about to get a guy in here if it's Carson Beck any of these guys really that it's going to be able to throw the football to yeah. you well alright so um, the two tight ends that left one that went to Tech one went to Nebraska I get those moves yep, yep. Um and I think anybody that's a fan and just knows anything about that Gilbert. Yeah. First off, by the way, he's been in college for three years. And I, I know he kind of had this hiatus last year when he was at yeah. Georgia. But I don't know if he was officially part of the team or not. But essentially, that guy's got three national championship rings and yeah. two SEC championship rings, which is yeah, holy cow. But I think going to Nebraska with their new coach, I think that was a smart move on his part. Um on the surface, it, it looks like that. When it comes to A.D. Mitchell, I kind of – I get the family thing, and that's fine. Yeah. I don't have any qualms with that. But I don't understand sometimes it, it's more now that people will say it's for family. And it's like, well, if, if this was always the issue, why didn't you make a change either earlier yeah. or uh, – not right after you get on campus, but that strain of being away from family would have shown up a lot yeah. sooner instead of two, three years after. That, to me, is odd. Yeah. Of course, you don't want to lose him because of the upside and what he's shown, but it also seems like this whole, and it's not just for Georgia, it's for every team that's out there, this whole NIL and portal and this and that, 
Like it's this real seedy underbelly. Mm-hmm. I think that any kid, for whatever reason, if they want to transfer from Southern Cal to Texas to get more playing time or to be there for family, somebody gets sick in the family, whatever else, they should be able to leave because coaches can without a penalty. Players should. But now you've got money involved. And this and you hear and who knows what's what but it's it's like the NFL not long ago and professional sports, they shunned anything and everything when it came to sports betting. Okay? Yeah. Now you're watching the games go on this site and this site. Now they're promoting the gambling. It's always, it it does not matter what we're talking about. All you got to do in any situation when when you can't figure it out is follow the money. That's what it boils down to. You can tell me whatever you want, follow the money. Pure and simple. Whether that's money in NIL or um, I, if I go and play for this team with this quarterback, kind of a Jermaine Burton, he thought he would make a better name catching the ball from Bryce Young than he would at Georgia, and he says it's for his family. Well, if you're the best player, and by the way, look at NFL rosters or Monday Night Football when they – do the guys' heads, and they tell you what school they went to. Yeah. And it's amazing how many guys will say these random co- – these guys will find you. Yeah. You're not going to get lost at Georgia. You're not going to get lost at these yeah. big schools. <laughs> so, th- now, real quickly, Jermaine Burton to me was an em- – he made an emotional decision. Mm-hmm. He was mad about Stetson, so he left. And I hated to lose him. I think he's a great talent. I think he's a bit of a liability, a bit of a hothead. I think he shows that on the field, and yeah, I think he definitely did this year. And I think that's why he left Georgia. Yeah. You know, he he he. Uh, anyway, the the Marshall linebacker, the Tre, Tresman Marshall, yeah. yeah. I you know you hate to lose him, but then you kind of sit back and you read how many times he's played, how many games, and his stats. He's obviously going to be a is a good player. And I just wonder, well, is, is does he see the writing on the wall with who's already there and who's coming in? And it's like, oh, I better go. Now, it's not like he's downgrading. He's going to Alabama. That says a lot. Um, it's not like uh, when Justin Fields went to Ohio State, that guy, Tate Martell. What happened to him? I think he sells insurance somewhere now. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I don't know. He's probably like a YouTube star or something. So, <clears throat> so I, I just kind of, I just, you scratch your head. Um, it may be a hothead move by some of them. Well, you know, I'm not playing enough here. Well, I'll show y'all. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, I think, you know, some guys are going to, they're going to leave for money. That's going to be number one is money. Too many people look in terms of the micro and not the macro. Hey, I can stay here. I'm in a great program. If you're with a great program, you're going to get looks. Mm -hmm. Just like all the coaching staff. It's It's no accident that 
Alabama, Georgia, Clemson. You know, you could say Ole Miss now, Oklahoma, USC, all in USC especially during the Pete Carroll years. There's no. It's not a mistake that those staffs are always replacing people. Yeah. Because those are some, Ohio State, uh, in Michigan in the last few years. Every year they're losing guys. It's no accident that these top programs mm-hmm. are always having to replace members of their staff. Yeah. So if you're at a good program, you're gonna get you're gonna get looks. By the way, Michigan's not going anywhere next year. I think they'll be right back for a third straight year. Yeah. I'm not saying that just because of what they have, but like what they've won the Joe Moore Award three years or two years in a row yeah. and their entire offensive line comes back yeah. this year. Which Georgia will face a lot against that because we lose like three, I think three starters go yeah, to the draft tough. this it's year. It's tough. But uh, so I, I had three things that I wrote down real quick. Okay. On on, on this same. Did topic. I answer your question? Did I even cover what I needed to, or did I get sidetracked on the transfer stuff? We'll say yes, because I can't remember exactly what the question was. Other than fair enough. Uh, other than just just speaking on Ad Mitchell, and this is this is what. Oh yeah. I'll kind of wrap it up with, with him at least. Follow the money. <laughs> so the first part of it is, if he's moving for family, mm-hmm. and he goes to the draft next year, first of all, during football season, you're not going to see your family all that much anyways. But mm-hmm. if you go to the draft next year, early, you're really not going to see your family because you're going to be on the road all the time, mm-hmm. unless you're home. So that's one thing on the family side. It does make you kind of sit back and go, okay, how much of this really is that? And then you do follow the money. Mm-hmm. So then it does make me wonder, okay, if he's at Georgia, let's say, he, let's say he's got an NIL deal for Georgia. It's probably not very much money because generally when the guys get big money, big deals, Quinn Ewers that's at Texas, these guys who are making, you know, Bryce Young like $3 million, $3.5 million at Alabama, those guys that are making big money, you know about it. Right. You know those guys are making big money. So say that there's following the money, he has the opportunity to go and make a million dollars playing for Texas or where he ends up going. Part of me also wonders, and I think I told you about this the other day, is he just bored? Not that he's not having fun, but it's he was with Georgia last year. Mm -hmm. They won a national championship. It's a big deal. Hadn't won it in 41 years. He doesn't. I'm not saying that he doesn't 100%, but I don't think these players that are playing right now care that it's been 41 years. Yeah. Since Georgia won a national championship, especially the guys who won this year, because it was like hadn't been forty-one years. It's been a year. You yeah, know? yeah. It, it hadn't been that long. So he won a national championship last year, won an Orange Bowl last year, lost the SEC championship game, but this year won the SEC championship game, won the Peach Bowl, won the national championship again. He has four college football playoff wins and an SEC championship win. He's got all these rings, all these accolades that come from being on this this team. It's like, okay, I'm not making a lot of money here. I'm a good player. I'm definitely a good asset. But I can go here, make a million dollars, put money in my pocket, somewhat get my family where I need them to be, and I could do it with a team that needs a little rebuild because I'm not going to make the money here on a team who's loaded and I'm not going to make you know get a lot as far as NIL deal goes. I've done pretty much everything there is to do here. Another national championship ring. I got two of them already. I don't really need another one. You know, maybe that's his thought, too, is let me go somewhere where I can make money. And that's kind of a scary tactic now, too, when it comes to NIL and 
transfer portal and everything, it's you can go. You can chase that money, and all of a sudden these top-tier teams, like an Alabama who's been winning, like a Georgia who now has back-to-back national championships and has been in the running at least since 2017, not that they've been in the playoffs every year, but since 17, mm-hmm. right after Kirby gets here a year mm-hmm. later, is right there in the fold every year to be a contender. The, the With exception to 2016, the 2017 season and beyond, the lowest that they finished is ranked seventh twice. But then they finished second. They finished first. They finished first. They finished second. So they've been close many times. Maybe it is a situation where these guys have that opportunity to go. So they're like, yeah, I'll go. I'll go make money. I don't need another ring. I don't have to have that here. Let these other guys come and get that. I wonder if part of that's that. And then the last thing on him, at least, is looking at it, Georgia's going to be just fine because you have the transfers, all that stuff we talked about. Go in and look at the production that we had this season and what A.D. Mitchell provided. Not saying that he's not a good player, not saying that he didn't provide anything because he did. Again, huge catches, big catch in the Peach Bowl to take the lead, huge catch last year, national championship game. We know all of that. But this season alone, Georgia won 85% of its football games without him. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not taking away from him. Great football player. Definitely going to hate him, and it hurts to lose him because of the potential that he could do again next year and mm-hmm. what he gives the wide receiver room. But as far as looking at it from this year, Georgia won it again, and it wasn't solely based on him being on the football team. That's true. Well, I, to that thread – the the big hoopla that Lad McConkey was coming back, and I remember reading that, and and the, and and that's probably what struck me. It's like, well, why is that even a headline? Because for me, again, on the outside, I'm not I'm not inside those rooms, but it's like, why why would he even? Why is that news? Why would he, why would there ever be a thought of him leaving? That's what's so weird is you have to wrap your mind. And that, and, and as I told you the other day, I'm so thankful that Kirby has been able not only to win, you know, this was after last season, but now winning two national championships. It's going to be so much more difficult mm-hmm. to having, you know, they talk about continuity on a team. And, even you know, if you've got, if you don't have any issues on your team between teammates but guys can just leave just because well I'm I can make more money if I transfer to another school yeah. so it's it, and it's and it affects everybody and it certainly will affect you know they want to quote you know level the playing field but it's going to be the the top those top programs that unless they get the right kids with the right mentality of Okay, yeah, I can, but if I stay here, I'm going to make, A, I'm, I love it here. I love, I'm comfortable here. I love my teammates. I love where I live. Um, they don't find those kids, that, and you got these kids that are just like, ah, more money here, I'll leave. More money here, I'll go to this place. If that's what they're doing, well, that's their prerogative and that's their right. But it, it's, it just seems like it's going to be harder and harder. Yeah. And 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 because that's what they talk about, you got schools, especially any any school in Texas, those lunatics. You know they they just they just yeah. shovel money yeah. at anything and everything. Well, 
we saw what happened with A&M, which I still love. I absolutely love it. And then this class is nothing like what it was last year. What what did they what are they sitting recruiting wise? What do they end up seventh or maybe like down to twelfth, thirteenth, something like that. Good. So they they kind of fell way off. And a lot, I, I've heard some people even say, you know, like first one, two, three, maybe those top three classes, those are big deals. But from that point on until you get down to like fifteen, it's like eh, there's not a lot of difference between yeah. them. You're still getting good football players and. You know, is there a lot of difference in the the sixth class and the twelve class? Nah, not really. Yeah, well, they're gonna be they're gonna be putting yeah. Jimbo Fisher on a boat and floating oh, him down hey, the Rio hey, Grande. He's, he's he's hiring the the offensive coordinator he needs over there, Hunter. Texas A and M's gonna be relevant this yeah, coming year. Yeah, that's the beginning of the end <laughs> of that. I will say this, and I, and I did see this kind of starting to wrap up here. Not not necessarily Georgia related. The Alabama fans are starting to realize, hey. The guy we need is Jeremy Pruitt, and it's what you and I have talked about. He's the guy they need. Will Greg Sankey give him to him yeah. is the question. Will he let him back in? I think that's why they, they probably have not um, named a replacement. I think that's yeah. probably what they're working on. Well, a lot of people think they're still working on Schumann, too. Uh, well. I think everything with the with the draft is over. But I think with transfers and, and coaching moves, you know, that's something I feel like can move all the way into the summer because it still feels like there's occasionally we have, like, spring game and then a guy's like, yeah, I'm out of here, you know. And I think most of the time those guys that leave after the spring game and in the spring moving into the summer workouts is, is those guys who just got here mm-hmm. and they're like, whoa, this is – yeah, yeah I, I can't cut it here or mm-hmm. this is not for me, you know. You start to learn because there's a culture set – and this deep into Kirby Smart's tenure, it ain't changing. Yeah, you either got to get on board or, or jump ship. Yeah, you know, find and, find where you're happy, I yeah. guess. And I wish that was the case. Was it wasn't always about where can I go to make the most money? Yeah. I'm not against people making money, but it's just a I don't know. It's Pandora's box has been opened up. I don't think there's any way you know put the genie back in the bottle. It's mm-hmm. it's 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 the wild wild west. It's crazy. It, it'll end up being where top players are, are almost like draft picks. Yep. I can go to Oregon and, and get paid $3 million. Well, let me shop that around. And, oh, well, uh, LSU can pay me four and a half. All right, yeah. I'll go to, I'll I'll go to go LSU. Yeah. You know, uh, That doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be positive results on the field because you still have to have continuity and it you know teammates i mean there's a whole it's like a living organism mm-hmm. it's got to all kind of gel but obviously if you have the better players you certainly put the odds in your favor of having a better football yeah. team georgia back-to-back national champions you said it there they got 14 and one last year 15 and 0 this year. Kirby said coming into this year, he has to make sure he convinces the team that you're not a defending national champion. Mm-hmm. The team last year is. They they won it. You haven't won anything. Yeah. And he's going to have a whole lot more trouble coming this year. Yeah. I thought you know at the end of this season it was like oh we we've got a great chance to possibly to possibly again if we could get back to the national championship game that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's a huge deal. But if you won three straight, unbelievable. Yeah. You really couldn't tell Georgia fans anything. Then all of a sudden, yeah. we become like Alabama fans. Now, we us that have been around long enough, 
Yeah. Don't. But these bandwagon fans that jump on will. No. So. I, I, I Yeah. I've, I've heard people kind of float that whole three-peat yeah, thing out. Yeah. I don't really, I don't care for it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying <laughs> what you did is that it, it's, it's, it's the disease of more. Yeah. Hey, we won two, three, four, yeah. like. It's like no, we need to sit in the pocket and really enjoy this because yeah. because we didn't have it for a long time, and I I also don't want to become I don't want people to become so cynical and awful to be around. I mean, they probably you know a lot. Look, some people are no matter what, but you start putting national championship ring, but you know championship banners up, fan bases. Um, you get that entitlement yep, and yep. this is our right and and we we deserve it's like no it's not what you deserve it's what you earn yeah um i don't i don't want that to happen yep. but it will it, it could i should say i just don't want to and i um, think there's going to be a lot of humbling to come and i think it can come as soon as this season because it is difficult to win a national championship game it is difficult to go undefeated. It is difficult to do it a second season in a row. Mm-hmm. It's much more difficult. One thing we have to understand, same as, as you're basically saying there, Georgia is not about to sit here and, and perfectly. I'm not saying it won't happen this year, but Georgia, the, the likelihood of going 15-0 and and being another national championship three years in a row that's not going to continue year in and year out. You're going to have years where it truly is a rebuilding year, and you lose a game, maybe two games. Maybe you do have it good enough, and you play well enough, and you recruit well enough year in and year out to where you only lose one game in a season, or then you have another undefeated season. You have a special run. We're in the good old days of Georgia is winning right now and has the opportunity to continue that. But – When we play in October next year and we play Tennessee and it is a game we don't want to lose and we think that we have it all in the bag and we're undefeated getting to it, don't be upset when you wake up on Sunday morning after that and you faced your first loss in almost two years Right. and you're sitting here going, oh my God, the program is going to trash. You also have to sit back and realize you will not – win every single game for the rest of the future of Georgia football. There's going to be games that you're going to lose moving forward. Yeah. And you have to be we have to find a way to prepare ourselves for that and prepare yourself for not winning the national championship because it's no longer national championship or bust. You know, it started to get to where it was like after seventeen it was like, we gotta get back there. We got there last year and we won it. Big deal. Huge. The possibility of going back this year looked tough, looked bleak. Losing as many guys as we did, and we did it. Now next year, as we move forward, it's kind of the same thing. You don't have to win the national championship, but if you're in the conversation, is where you need to stay. I don't foresee Georgia going anywhere anytime soon, as far as being one of the top five teams in the country and being in the running year in and year out. But you don't have to win it every year. Not that we don't want to, but you have. We we are going as fan base have to prepare ourselves that. If we lose a game next year and we don't win the national championship, it's not the end of the world. I know exactly, <laughs> exactly. And this is where it's it's this is this is what needs to be said is look back into history. Yep. So we're sitting here talking. We're this three peat. This is why I don't want to talk yeah. about a three peat, but a th- or a third title. 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it relevant to the last say 40 years okay which because I'm older than you but I remember this so in the 80s as the buildup and how great Miami was they didn't three-peat Nebraska they had a chance that run in the 90s of Nebraska is mind-boggling okay if you if people look back and see yeah. what they did they didn't I'm I thought they did do a three-peat but I don't think they did if they did it would have probably been acclaimed then you've got they now make no mistake they certainly had the chance yeah. and they were there and it if they had won, you know, they lost to Florida in 96. I don't know what happened in 97. Of course, I know Tennessee won it that year. But, I mean, I wish I, I wish I knew off the top of my head, but Nebraska literally in the 90s, they could have won some like six or yeah. seven titles in that decade. Yeah. Then you get to the 2000s, the early 2000s, USC and Tim Tebow and Florida Gators mm-hmm. – they didn't do a three-peat. Of course, it was wild hearing Tebow before the title saying, look, going back-to-back is something that's really hard. We wanted to, make no mistake, we, in that locker room, we wanted to go back-to-back, and we didn't do it at Florida. Those were some daggum good yeah. football teams. Then right after that, you've got Alabama that was going for a three-peat, and they didn't. So the, the reason I bring that up is for a couple of reasons. A, People just kind of throw this thing out like, oh, yeah, yeah we'll just three-peat, three-peat, you know. Not saying you, oh, yeah, but yeah, I'm just yeah. saying in general, it's like, I think you'd have to go back to the, probably the daggum depression um, of the last time somebody did a repeat or the 40s. It, and it would, it would probably fall in to a team that we don't talk about. It could be one of the service academies. Um, I remember watching Minnesota, like they showed highlights and they were showing just their stadium. And I was like, holy cow, look at all the national championship titles. Granted, FDR was president then probably. (laughs) But um, so it's what reason I'm saying that is it just Oklahoma didn't do it in the 70s. They didn't do a three-peat. So it's it's a big deal. It's really, really hard. One of your shows is like, it's nice to be relevant. Yeah. It's nice to be in the conversation. Don't lose focus of this. And also, it's kind of nice that, and of course, I know I've said it before, how I love and respect Spurrier. Spurrier only won one title. Yeah. He played for more than one. He he played. He could have done a back-to-back. But he he's won one, and he he himself has said, hey, I won one, I'm happy. Kirby has won two. That's phenomenal. It puts him up there yeah, yeah. when the, when people eventually start talking about these coaches. Um, he's got to, he'll be mentioned just because of that. Yeah. But being relevant and not falling off the radar completely and totally. That's what makes Alabama a standard that is mind-boggling. Yeah. They have they they're never they're never not in the conversation. Clemson looked like there, but you know they Last racked year was up. A step back for them. 
they've had a couple of tough years. You know, it just goes to show if you have that really that quarterback, what that quarterback can do for you. If you miss on a recruit, it you know that DJ guy from Clemson. Oh, yeah. I think he's left. He had all the physical tools. He had the height. He had the weight. He had all of that. Not that he was bad, but he was not like yeah. lightning in a bottle with Deshaun Watson and uh, the Lawrence kid. Yeah. That's a diff- those are difference makers. So if you miss on a recruit, it it could it could cost you the difference between being in the mix for a conference or divisional and conference title. Which if you're relevant to to divi- uh, conference title playoff is yep. going to be talked about pure and simple yeah georgia proved themselves this year to not be a 29 lsu where you are 2019 lsu excuse me where you win it all 15 and 0 yeah and then you completely crapped the bed the next year it, yes but i mean again their staff was was good oh, yeah, yeah yeah the players i mean it was that was probably the biggest emptying of yeah. a a talent and coaching staff on one team that I can recall in college football. Yeah. And Georgia also, you know, they're facing some of that this year, and you could be facing it more if Todd Munkins to move on to the NFL and if Glenn Schumann was to be taken from defensive side. Now, Georgia can hire within. Georgia can also go out there and get somebody because Georgia is in a position right now where people want to be a part of what it is. And Kirby has said this already. George, he said it after 2017 losing. We're not going anywhere. You know, he's, he, he reminded teams this year, we aren't going anywhere. Georgia is a team that is staying. We are and have a standard that we're going to live by and we're going to play by year in and year out. And mm-hmm. if we can't meet that standard, things have to change. But right now, nothing has to change. You know, I, I hope that we can hold on to Todd Munkin because he has been a big difference maker. You know, since Kirby got here, what – what was the guy's name? Uh, Jim Cheney. You had Cheney. Ugh. Then he leaves, thank God. And then we got in uh, the young guy who who he didn't last right uh, before Todd. Yeah. yeah. Why can't I to, think of his name? Went to A&M. Yep. Anyways, yeah. can't think of his name right now. But we went through a couple before we finally were like, okay, this is the guy, Todd. And he's been here for, what, three years now? So we've had time for us to build under him to get an offensive scheme together and put that to the test, and it's and it's been successful. Anytime you are successful, people will come and look at the people that make you successful, mm-hmm. and you lose those guys. It happens. Mm-hmm. Very, very few and far between do you have a Clemson who keeps the Venables on for 10-plus years. Mm-hmm. And a head coach, again, head coaching now in college football is almost like transfer portal. A guy who stays for three to five years is surprising to see. Mm-hmm. And Kirby will be coming into his eighth year. Don't expect him to go anywhere. But you could face that in your coaches. You've all, you're already facing it in your players. And that's going to be every year, it seems. And Kirby even said after the national championship game, you know, there were a lot of guys who wanted to transfer already. And he said, you know, it, it, it made, him, made him want to cry because these guys were willing to stick it out, win another national championship before deciding to – move on so it'll be fun to see what happens next year but like you said and, and we talked about let's pump the brakes on the three-peat would it be awesome yes has it ever been done before I don't think so but 
sometimes it's better not to necessarily set your hopes so far up that it's like when it ha- if it doesn't happen you come crashing and burning live in the moment be glad that you're in the moment of Georgia being as good as they are right now because that may not last you know yeah. in, in 15 enjoy years enjoy it yeah look at what, like you said look at what Miami was they're not right now look yeah. at what FSU was just 10 years ago they're not right now now they're coming back around I was about to say they're on the and I'm excited to see what FSU can do moving yeah. forward but live in the moment be glad that Georgia is what they are right now back to back national champions you're in the mix I don't foresee that changing anytime soon not that you've got to win it every year. Yeah. Alabama has not won it every year. Exactly. And they've been in the mix since 20, what, 2007, 2008, when it really started firing off there mm-hmm. for them. So mm-hmm. you have the opportunity to do something like that. And we're not adopting what Alabama did. We are creating a Georgia standard, and everybody thinks it came from Alabama. No, no. Jerby, Kirby, excuse me. <laughs> it's Georgia born, Georgia raised, Georgia grown. And that's where he is. He came from here. He started his coaching career in Georgia, not in Alabama. He spent a lot of time in Alabama. But since Kirby has left Alabama, what, one national championship over there? Maybe two. I think, yeah. I think they may, yeah. they've gotten two. So it can but, still happen. But well, Kirby, he also Kirby was, is, he was is, one of those assistants that stayed a long time, yeah. too. He learned. Yeah. He learned. But he was also not a head coach. He was not also not the guy making the plans happen over there. Right. It took a lot of things coming together. Like you said, staff that when you keep it together can be successful. Mm-hmm. And if Georgia can do that as best as they can now, moving forward, I've been reading where if Todd Munkin sticks around, you know, he's one of the highest paid offensive coordinators in the country. I think he, I thought he if was. He's, if he's not the highest. Yeah. It's like, why would you leave for a lateral move elsewhere? Yeah. Maybe a little bit more money if that's the thing, but. Why? But that's why I think the NFL is the call to go and you know, yeah, be the big big dog. I get make a I, lot more money. That's well, you, yeah, more money. <laughs> but I think the big thing is you don't you don't have to hit the recruiting trail. Yeah, it's a lot different. It's it's essentially easier because it's a business. You you don't you don't boss these guys around. You you are literally you have a scheme. They learn it. You go yeah. home at the end of the day. You don't sit yeah. there and make a bunch of phone calls and do this that and the other. It's it's you've got a team together. This is what you've got because the guy above you is going to determine who's playing with you or not. Yeah. You don't have to go figure that out. Yeah. <clears throat> so there is a lot of entry in that. But mm. do you have all right, back-to-back national champions, 15-0 and 0 this year. Yep. Is there anything else to say or that you want to talk about as, as we no, kind I'm of kinda, wrap up I'm another kinda, year? I'm, I'm kind of nervous to say anything because last time we did this is like, hey, you know, it was kind of a random thought, and I talked about Mike Leach. And that was before he passed away. Yeah. So last time was the random thoughts at the end. And it's, you know, that was before he passed away. And I love that we had that kind of, we, even though it's on your show, we had that fun conversation about Mike. Really sad. But that's one of the takeaways from the season is the the way everybody honored him mm-hmm. I thought that was awesome yeah yeah and it's it's, <coughs> it's also kind of a fun I don't know if it's a weird thing to think about but George got to play him yeah the last time yeah that's you know, true and and Mississippi State's not on schedule every year right and you know the halftime interview as he's running in at halftime Molly McGrath trying to get a interview with him and he's he won't stop and she's running along with him 
And uh, what did he say? He's like, oh, go ask them or something like that. You know, yeah. a classic Mike Leach. He could get away with that there. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, was, he was one of the ones where there's there's not a lot of other guys, you know. And there's nobody like a Mike Leach no. at all. <clears throat> but there's not a lot of guys who could get away with some of the stuff that he said and that he did and and all that. And it is, it is a... Uh, this sad. Yeah. Well, and, and with that ties into the other thing that I would say, which we've already talked about, is it's like seems not knowing him, but you felt like you know mm-hmm. him that he slowed down enough, had the presence of mind, even the, at the end of a football game, to have a fun interaction with a reporter. Alyssa Lang, the whole thing about oh, yeah. wanting to meet the fiance. That's right after the end of the game. You know, everybody always talks about people need to have time to cool off so they don't spout off and say something they shouldn't. It's like he had the uh, innate ability to press pause and be in the moment. Yeah. And I would say that it goes into the whole thing about our. I get it. You know, people projecting and looking into the future of what could be. You, you know, you're in the position to win another title. Okay, but don't spend too much time on that and try to reel back in and go, let me sit back here, let's sit in the pocket and enjoy this. Uh, commercial on SEC Network just kind of showed a few highlights of the championship game, and it just said, you know, it was a very – just said congratulations Georgia CFP national champion shows the the trophy and it's like boy it sure is nice to see that it's us yeah that it's our the team that we love the team that we cheer for the team that makes us say things we shouldn't <laughs> you know but it's nice to know that there we are and we need to enjoy this yeah. because um, it's easy to kind of be in our to, to be to not realize excuse me what I'm trying to say is don't get spoiled yep. enjoy it yep. enjoy it enjoy the good old days while you're living them exactly you know? and that's what that back to Mike Leach one last time that's one thing he did and he is one of the only coaches if not the only one who one is compartmentalizing but he also realized this is still a game Mm-hmm. with kids that are playing it mm-hmm. and it's become so much more business now where you don't get to come in at 18 years old and just go I just want to play football mm-hmm. and enjoy there's there are still a few of those guys and kids that come in they I just want to play football I want to play for the team I love my, my favorite team there is Georgia and come and play and not care about anything other than playing the game. Mm-hmm. And then you have now where it's, I want to make some money. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I want to do this. I'm not happy here. This. And Mike Leach could do that. It was a game, you know. And at the end of a game like that, he could stop and say, hey, really, you know, you're getting married? Oh, well, this is what you elope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and where, like, you do that with Nick Saban. No. And you don't do it with him because you know he's not. No, guy. he's not. Yeah. 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 So. I, no, I, I, I agree. Um, a year or two ago, they did a story probably on game day where they'll do kind of a random feel-good story. They did one about a guy. I can't remember his name. He was he was a little older. than He, he was older. 
He played, walked on at Nebraska, and that was during the stretch where it might have been right before Scott Frost came. Maybe maybe he was there for a year or two with Coach with with Frost. But um, you just seen him. He was you know big burly guy. But he was he served in the Navy. He was a Navy SEAL. And then when he got done, he decided, well, I'm I'm gonna go to school. And you know this is a challenge. And I don't think he I don't think he ever played football. But of course. You can see why the guy was a Navy SEAL, grit, determination, mm-hmm. but he wanted to play. And it was just really cool watching that story of and it, you talking about people that want to play. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily, hey, what can I make for myself now and or how can I set myself up in the future? There's nothing wrong with all that. Yeah. But it's like, no, I want to play. I just want to play. Yeah. This Nebraska program is not very good, but hey, I can... I just want to play. I want this experience. I want this experience. Yeah. I think that kind of goes back to Stetson, and he said it. I just want to play. Yeah, true. I know I can. I have confidence in myself. I'm not here for the money. I'm not here just to make a storyline. Is it a good one? Sure. But I just want to play, and I knew I could, so I did. Yeah. And that's where he rides out, regardless of how you feel about him. That's unbelievable. Yeah, he is riding off into the sunset this time because he has to, but. He, he 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 rewrote it for us because we were like, oh, it's a perfect story. Yeah. And then I I'll be damned if he didn't come in and just make it's it even unbelie- better. It's it's just <laughs> and and I don't think all I don't think all of us quite can grasp what happened. Like we can, we can, but it's, it it it'll. I really do think it's like you said. We're gonna have to look down like ten fifteen years go back and just be like, man, do you remember you that year? That? And and a walk-on quarterback to do what he did that that's never happened and and real quickly just and i will i'll I'll hush i talked about with kirby winning his second title and how you know again not compared but talking about spurrier but i remember watching something about bobby bowden and all those great teams he had forever and ever and ever and his and and one of his sons talked about in his little documentary i saw that he had an empty picture frame in his office. He was like, Dad, what's this all about? And he said, well, of all this, you know, by then he had already won a title with Charlie Ward in, what, 93. Um, he's like, I've never had an undefeated season. And so you think, I mean, and I think he finally had one when they won the title in, what, 98 or 99, somewhere in there. It seems like right before like 2000. Yeah. Okay. And well, that 98 was, was Tennessee, was that? Or was that 97? 97 was 97. Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. But <clears throat> as good as those teams were and as long as Bowden coached, it took him that long to have that undefeated season. And that, that might have been just a personal benchmark. No. I am sure that people discuss head coaches of like, wow, you know, he had – Three undefeated seasons in his tenure. I, I don't. I don't know, but Kirby's done that. Yeah. And it's like these little check marks. He's able to kind of instead of having to chase that, he's already done it. Uh, and that's kind of. I think for him, he may not uh, put a lot into that, but he's done it. Yeah. It's not. I guess in the future they can say, well, yeah, you know, Kirby did this and he did that, but he never. 
had an undefeated season. Oh, well, he never won this. He never won. Done it all already. Done. Yeah. He's won multiple titles, multiple conference championships, and an undefeated season. Yep. And he's made history. This is where he will have to, you know, when we say we dislike Alabama, it is not necessarily what their head coach has done because it's arguably, not arguably, he is the greatest college football coach there has ever been. Yep. Because no one has succeeded in the way that he has. And you have to admit that to yourself whether you want to or not. Is Georgia the best college football team ever? No. Just because you won back-to-back national championships, no. We're not saying that Georgia is better than Alabama as a dynasty over time. Now, over the past two years, obviously Georgia has surpassed Alabama in being the top team in the country for these past two seasons. Mm -hmm. Even three, you can go back before that when Alabama won it the first year. Georgia has more national championships, more wins, more everything than Alabama does because of these past two seasons. Doesn't mean Georgia is the better dynasty. You yeah. have a long way to go for that. Well, that's not what we're saying. Right now, Georgia is too, the team to beat. This is to too beat. small of exactly. a window for Georgia. Exactly. The sampling size is too small. Exactly. Right now, Georgia is the team to beat. Yeah. And until that changes, that is what it is. Mm-hmm. But this will be a great opportunity for Kirby to do like he's done, and they do it. They go golf and things of that nature with Nick and say, hey, I'm at the top. I've won two. How do I find myself in a comfort zone of I've got to stay here. The standard standard is for me to be here. And I think he has a lot of this already and knows a lot of this because he was there as Alabama was doing it. But it's, you know, you still want and need to have a mentor that says, hey, I've been here. I've been in your shoes. I've, I've gone 14-1 and one, or I've gone 15-0. and 0. Well, they haven't, but 14-1, and 14 and 1, whatever it is. I've had these great seasons and been sitting at the top since 2008, 2009, where there's only been a couple of dips here where we didn't have that great of a season. We weren't in a BCS National Championship or a college football playoff championship. But for the most part, they've been right there on the edge. This was the first time this past season they lost two games, and I don't know how long. I know, isn't that a very, crazy? very long time. And Georgia can do that. There's a lot they got to do. But, like we said, just live in the moment. Kirby, yeah. will, Kirby will have his, his guidance. Alabama, the program, is not the problem. No. It's the mouth breathers. That's correct. Yeah. It's the fans of it. And, you know, some are okay, but most, unfortunately, are not. No, you, you, yeah, you, you can, you know, maybe one out of five yeah. you can have a conversation with. Yeah. That might be a generous. Hopefully, Georgia doesn't do you think it's the same way. Do you think it's 20% is you can have a conversation with, or is it less? It might be it's less. probably less, honestly. <laughs> you're, you're probably pushing 12 or 15%, <laughs> honestly. Because I, I grew up there, and even last year after we won it, there was still the argument of it, and it's amazing how this year they weren't even there, and somehow they claim that they should have been <laughs> there. Yeah. But we're not going to get into that. No. So, well, it's been fun as yes, it always. Thank is. you. I appreciate it. I think this it. is the longest one we've done. Yeah, but it's good to have these long people. Form and people probably upset, but that'd no, be okay. they'll, they'll get over it. They'll either listen or they won't. Yeah, that's it's all true. It's all you can do. So but these are very similar to our conversations we have. Yeah. In spurts at work, yeah. anyway. There's there's many a Monday morning where we come in, and it's oh well, how was the weekend? All right, now let's get down to business. Yeah, and it's talking about Georgia for yeah. at least fifteen to thirty minutes or something like that. It's Especially like, if yeah. the weather's bad. Oh yeah, Those <laughs> rainy mornings. Yeah, that's the times where we always go. All right, we got we got to break out the mic and we need to we need to talk. And some of it, I'm like, all right, we got to quit talking. We got to save this for later. But we're at the end of the year, so it's yeah. It's, 
season's over. Everything's over. We're going into the postseason, or excuse me, technically the off season. Yep. And it's been a fun year. Mm-hmm. We've got hopefully more fun years to come. I know. I hope so. We'll visit it when that time comes. But I'm going to enjoy it right now. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to enjoy here in about two months when we uh, when we go to the Red Lobster down there on, on your dime. On your dime. Oh, my dime? Yeah, okay. yeah. So, All right. Be fun, but let's Thanks for having me, buddy. Oh, yeah. As always, we uh, enjoy and appreciate having Hunter on the show. So thank you again out to Hunter for coming on with us. Uh, we're going to check out of here. I'm not sure when we'll check back in with you guys, but we will do that at some point in time. Uh, until then, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at DogTalk20. Same on Instagram, YouTube, all of the things are in the link of the description. I appreciate it. Check in with you soon. Good dogs. <laughs>